0: This week on The Sport Blokes. This week we chat to Ginger Assassin Alex Roberts about all things air guitar and rock stars in sport Buddy Franklin joins an elite club with his thousandth goal Who's getting through these dastardly playing in games And Novak Djokovic, Andy Murray and the Bryan Brothers should really stick to tennis Let's go
1: It's 11.49 on Tuesday, the 29th of March. We've just wrapped a marathon effort with Alex Roberts. Great interview. So we'll be very quick at the top here, Stewie. As we do, what we'll caught your attention? What'd you miss?
0: Well, caught my attention that's it's nearly midnight.
1: Yep. But, you've got uh, a half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> to, uh, probably 20 minutes at this time of the know No,
0: but... no, it's still half an hour. <laughs> So, pretty interesting one out of college baseball, actually, this week. And it goes to a baseball game or a couple of games involving Texas Tech and Texas. So, massive rivalry. Texas sitting second in the NCAA Division One baseball rankings. Texas Tech sitting 16th. The first game out of the three goes to extra innings tied at four. And in the bottom of the 10th, Kurt Wilson reaches third base after a couple of walks and a sacrifice bunt. Texas pitcher Aaron Nixon had the ball in hand and started looking down at the ground. I'm not sure why but just looking at the ground. And Wilson took the opportunity and stole home to win the game. That's probably four. why,
1: because it's such a gutsy move and he just didn't think it would happen. Mm. Yeah.
0: So 5-4, the final result. They're stealing home. Now, the very next afternoon, of so the second game of this three-game series, and after Tech scored seven in the first innings, it ended up tied after nine innings again, this time at 11-all. And wouldn't you know it, the very same Kurt Wilson stepped up in the bottom of the 10th and hits a walk-off grand slam off Aaron Nixon. Oh, ouch. Now, Texas Tech did lose the third game, 12-1 in a game that was actually called off after seven innings, kind of
1: similar to the mercy rule, Yes,
0: but still absolutely
1: nuts. How about yourself, mate? Well, really quick, Italy are going to miss another World Cup in the soccer. Unbelievable. North Macedonia, holy yeah. shit. Yeah, The, the, the might, might and power of North Macedonia. The might of yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. It's,
0: it's almost unfathomable. Considering same.
1: they've won fairly recently. So, yeah, it's, it's Europe's crazy. tough. It is. What'd you miss, mate?
0: Well... I actually haven't seen any of the NCAA aside from a few highlights. I managed to see a little bit of one of the women's game involving UConn.
1: I've got you covered there. I've watched a lot.
0: But the times have just been horrendous. Like a lot of these two to five AM games, which is right in your wheelhouse.
1: Uh well, they're tougher on a weeknight, but the, the twelve the twelve AM games till two I was watching. 30, yeah, or yeah. yeah. two thirty.
0: Yeah. yeah, for me, just doesn't work anymore, unfortunately. As much as I'd love to stay up until then, it's
1: no. Well, you, you've got to watch a lot on delay, don't you? Let's you do. face it. You do. Yeah. How about yourself? Well, I would have liked to have seen Melbourne and Gold Coast. Uh, Gold Coast put up a fight. I thought they would. But hey, there's not enough hours in the day, is there? No, there are not. So, as we nearly get to midnight, we will put the queue in the rack. But don't you, because we've got a very exciting episode coming up right now with a ginger assassin himself. Here we go with Alex Roberts. Now, we're absolutely delighted to have our next guest on, Shuey. He's not only a local legend here in WA who's represented our nation on the world stage, but was also once a major part of a Guinness World Record. We'll get to that in a bit. He's been seen all over our screens here in Australia, as well as the subject of international press and even a documentary. As a proud ginger, he's said before that he produces the power of Chuck Norris, the force of Conor McGregor and the charm of Prince Harry. A very special sport blokes welcome to the ginger assassin himself, or as his Ellenbrook secondary college students call him by day, Mr. Alex Roberts. Oh, it's absolutely bloody fantastic
2: and phenomenal to be here. I'll tell you what, there was quite a hype up. And I'll tell you (laughs) what, it's warranted.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's it, it, mate.
0: I do have to ask, what would happen if your students actually did call you Alex, though?
2: Surely they'd be in trouble. Oh, they'd probably just be, uh, I'd probably just headbutt them. Um, (laughs) No, metaphorically. (laughs) Metaphorically. Of course, (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, headbutting. (laughs)
2: <laughs> That's right. A, a, a hair butt, which is an air head butt, not my butt made of air. And what I'd just also like to say is that um that was a huge hype up, but did say Prince Harry, but unfortunately he um is the artist formerly known as Prince Harry, isn't Yeah, this he? is true. This is, yes, it, this is true. He's he's reneged his royalty, but he hasn't lost any spirit in my eyes, boys.
1: Oh, I still hold him right a, up a, there on the ginger pedestal, the redistal. <laughs> <laughs> Is red it, yeah, red. Oh, you're in fine form yeah, already. We it, haven't even we haven't even explained why you're here. Sure
0: <laughs> So look, some people might say it's a, a bit of a stretch getting an air guitarist on a sports podcast, but those people can bugger off quite frankly.
1: <laughs> well, we need Thank all these things we can get. But, yeah. so, <laughs> So maybe, you know, <laughs> they, can, they can hold their horses.
0: Look, according to Oxford, the definition of a sport is an activity involving physical exertion and skill in which an individual or team competes against another or others for entertainment. Tell you what, that doesn't half describe your guitar, does it? Oh,
1: absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Oh, hit the nail on the head, boys. <laughs> hit the nail on the head. That, I'll tell you what, that definition was as soothing as the middle solo in November rain. Oh, Ooh. very nice. Very nice. Very Thank nice. You. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, that's the thing. Air guitar is a competition. You know, like for anyone who's never been to an air guitar competition, get on it. All right, what, you, what you'll discover is that you'll find uh, anywhere from 10 to 24 air guitar players each jumping on that stage for a one minute solo set. And look, there's a lot of mayhem. There's a lot of camaraderie amongst the competitors, but
1: above all, there's absolute fierce fuck yeah competition. Now, I've happened to see you with Axe in Hand, Al, uh, shredding with the best of them, I've got to say. How important is much. it for an air guitarist to play a real guitar or does it not matter if you don't know a bar chord from a bar stool?
2: Well, I'll tell you what, it's a, it's a bone of contention, but it's a bone that we're going to talk about. I reckon you've got to know where the notes should be. That's what I reckon. But the thing is, you know what, like air guitar is about spirit. it's about community, it's about people coming together. And really, if you just go there on that stage and just just have an absolute great time, you know, and just get really involved, I think that's enough. But if you want to, like, sort of win competitions, I think it should look like you are playing, you know, you're playing an air guitar, so the notes have to be on point.
1: I happen to know in my research that you may have made a faux pas in choosing Michael Jackson. Oh, no! Yeah, I did. you tell you said we were good researchers.
2: I hate to say it, but I say it's true. I, I did it. I, I went to Finland. I stood in front of 8,000 Finnish people who were all waiting for me to play heavy metal, and then on came Michael Jackson and the look of disgust that instantaneously (laughs) etched etched itself over a mass. It was almost like I had killed a child on stage. I could not, and thats I know that's that's horrific. I believe it, mate.
1: I haven't spent much time in Finland, but I have spent a lot of time in Sweden where metal is king. And I can imagine a similar thing happening in Stockholm.
2: I was, Yes, I was getting, after the show, and here's the thing, I did choose Michael Jackson because the solo is by Eddie Van Halen. Of course, yeah, very, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a very technical solo, but um, yep. oh, the finnish they have got a great sense of humour, but they are also quite an unforgiving culture. And uh, after that performance, I came off the stage and, if the looks weren't enough I had the organizer of a guitar had, and the thing is I get along so well with them all they walked up to me as, as though someone had died and they they searched me and they just said I cannot believe that you uh, chose Michael Jackson we didn't even bother listening to your your track if we had heard your track uh, Ginger we would have we would have strongly uh, advised you not uh, to go with that song it's just... I, I don't know I guess we're all just very disappointed we're not <laughs> angry we're just disappointed we're, oh. we're all I didn't just went down the head of Agatha I went down to the whole fucking city of Olu uh, so look the Michael Jackson you know what every failure is but an opportunity for learning so I, I now know never never ever, ever ever again to go to Finland and even speak of Michael Jackson
1: <laughs> oh
2: so I got to the world, the world championships in Finland, you know, and then I did the tuna the bottom track there and I ended up coming second. I swear to God, it's a ginger thing. Second in Chicago, second in the US, and then I came second in the world in my, my rookie season.
0: Which is incredible yeah. when, you, when you consider all the people out there in the world that have been doing it, as you say, for 10 years. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's an incredible achievement to even make it as far as nationals, let alone... Make the world's income second.
2: Absolutely, it was pretty. It was pretty good. Thank you. I mean, like, but that's the thing. Like, I just tried to make it, you know, like the guitar playing accurate. You know what I mean? And then also, like, just make it a real big spectacle. But then it was, yeah, Finland was just incredible. And the whole, the whole air guitar community is just such a special community. Like, because really, what you're doing is just ridiculous. But it's the way that you do it with maximum conviction, and you take it very seriously. But you just have to laugh at it too. You know what I mean? But there are some people that just take it to that level. And uh, when you go to Finland, you really see those people. So, yeah, it was amazing. And that really is my air guitar journey.
1: So, Al, there's a bit of conjecture about what the song Highway to Hell is actually about. I've heard that it's about Canning Highway because ACDC used to refer to the raffles bar as hell. And the only way you could get there was by taking Canning Highway. But Stewie told me today.
0: I've heard other rumours that it was to do with all the fatalities that used to happen there with the drink driving back in the 70s. There's, yeah, there's a couple anyway, of stories out yeah. there. Oh, yeah.
1: anyway. Regardless. So yeah. you were part of a successful world record air guitar attempt at Perthfest, beating the previous record that was done to Ozzy Osbourne's Mr. Crowley, i got to say, RIP Randy Rhodes, RIP Taylor Hawkins recently too. But anyway, I'm, I'm digressing. That successful attempt saw you lead 3,722 people in, well, what do you call it? An airing? Tell us about it. Oh, I'm more than happy to call it an airing. <laughs> I think, if anything,
2: that's what it should be called from this moment onwards. It was an airing, okay? Now, listen, 3,722. All right. Am I happy with that? Yeah, I'm happy with that. But how many people were actually playing it? I'll tell you right now. There was a shitload more than 3,722. Guinness World Records sectioned apart off so they could count how many were in there. Um, we were on an oval. We were on a freaking football oval, for crying out loud. Could fit like 20,000 people on that oval. The oval was absolutely chockers. Well,
1: Perth just right? had 100,000 people go through it, I read.
2: Well, well, that's what I'm saying. So the oval was chockers. There would have been a, at least 10,000, if not more, probably 12,000 people on that oval, right? If there was 3,722 that were in, and there was more because they said some people weren't playing it, so they took like a couple of hundred off. I mean, they let 4,000 in there, but they excluded 278. Like, as if they could count it. I'm looking at you, Guinness. Anyway, then we started playing, myself and Billy Damage, who is an air guitar Perth icon. He's an absolute legend. Big shout out to Billy Damage. So, Billy Damage and myself were up there. It was hosted by Wolfie, Russell Wolf, who, um, bless his soul. Oh, rest in peace.
1: Oh, he passed away. I saw him at the pub where I do the quiz like two days yeah. before he passed away. And I nearly You're went kidding. up and said hello. I know, because I love Wolfie. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, just terrible. Yeah.
2: Oh, he was such a, such a character. So, oh, a yeah. So, so I know, I know. And so devastating. But yeah, so, you know, but up on that oval, I, I shit you not, in that little box, that box with the 3,720, well, 4,000 people in that box, that was like, honestly, like probably a tenth of the ground. There were, and that was at the very back. So we had like thousands upon thousands of people up the front. I've got footage of it. And because we ran through like a demonstration of what we're going to do with all the moves. And then we started doing it. I swear to God, everyone on the Oval was doing it too. They we're all doing it. Oh, shoot, you not. Know, the, the numbers should be at least like 8,000. At least 8,000. Scandal. Do we, do, yeah. we
0: call, do we call that an
2: air ball? <laughs> <laughs> by, we, by Guinness? Yes, we do. We do call that an air ball. Because it's an underwhelming result on what we thought was going to... But we can just call it Ben Simmons.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) We'll get there shortly.
2: It was was a total Ben Simmons moment, you know? Like, we thought that Guinness were going to turn up and they just turned out, really. So, but you know what? All of that aside, myself, Billy Damage, on stage, shredding to Highway to Hell, ACDC, the masses in front of us, playing it back the energy that was created was something biblical and i reckon bon scott would be fucking proud boys amen the boys got very carried away this week so that was only part of the interview with the ginger assassin if you want to hear the full chat about alex's air guitar exploits please check out the full interview
0: so we want to talk a little bit about a few different sports we'll start off in the afl world we've obviously been talking about you as a rock star and there's no bigger rock star in the sporting world right now than buddy franklin I mean, there were some oh. massive, massive performances over the weekend from the big forwards. You had Nick Larkey kick six, Mitchell Lewis, Charlie Kerno, and Isaac Heaney all kicked five, and a whole mm. bunch of other guys kicked four. But as we said, Buddy Franklin, his fourth was probably the most crazy spectacle oh, you'll see brilliant. all the season. Thousands and thousands of people flooding the ground. I mean, oh. I'll throw it over to you two. What were your thoughts on it? Good for the
2: game. Isn't it? Seeing the forwards, bag, big hauls again. You know, it feels like it's been a while since we've had like, you know, six goals, five goals, five goals. Like this is good. This is that old the number of the beasts coming back again. Six, six, six. <laughs> it you is know? it's it's giving them a, a bit more, a bit more run, a bit more freedom out there. And so I think it's I think this this season is feeling pretty exciting so far. What do you guys reckon?
1: I reckon it's probably an achievement that will never be seen again. So, obviously, he joins Gordon Coventry, Tony Lockett, Jason Dunstall, Doug Wade, who gets a bit forgotten, yeah, particularly people in our generation. Yeah. And then uh, Gary Ablett Sr., of course. I don't think it'll ever happen again. I agree. Great to see bags. I think Kurnow is a big reason why Carlton are looking pretty good, and he's he's going to be a special player. Those King boys look bloody good, too, in St. Kilda and Gold Coast bloody as right. well. But, like, oh, the whole thing. So, we went down the pub to watch. And I'm so glad we did because the energy was which, just
2: which Which pub were you
1: at? Uh, the Inglewood Tavern, which is kind of our local oh. w- watering hole. Oh, it's great there. It's awesome. Yeah, oh, it's my favourite pub in Perth. Spends
0: spend more time yeah. at the pub there than he does here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we happened to sit next to some Sydney fans, which was great as well because I'm a Swannies fan. But I just loved, like, every time Buddy touched the ball, even if he were, like, on the wing and couldn't have kicked a goal within two or three kicks, there was still this, like, anticipation and just this feeling. And... I, I think once you kicked that third one, you knew it was happening. It was good. This one's oh, got out you? to that early lead, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. basically, what I said, what I said to my girlfriend and her friend or our friend, like, okay, we got to get out to about a five-goal lead, and then it can become all about buddy. And it basically yeah. followed the blueprint. That's basically exactly what happened. And once he kicked that third one, once he kicked that third one, I turned to them and I said, he might do it this quarter. Now he didn't in the end. It wasn't until the fourth quarter. But after the third one, I knew it was happening. And everyone else knew it was (laughs) happening too because people were sitting on the fence. They weren't even standing behind it. They were literally legs dangling over the fence. There were people in the back line running onto the field before he'd even finished his follow-through. So it's lucky it did go through in that regard. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, just brilliant. Brilliant. (laughs) Oh, mate. It's
2: fate. What, What a momentous occasion. As you said, like it won't happen again because the the game is just different now. Really, he's in quite a um quite a unique position in the history of the game because obviously the Fords of, of the past, you know, like Tony Lockett, you know, he bagged halls of what he had like thirteens, fourteens.
1: Oh yeah, well there was one season where three blokes had 130, yeah. I think, in the night, no, well, like 90, 93 or something. Yeah. Tony Modra and yeah, there
2: are a few. Bloody hell, that's massive, isn't it? Because I was obviously playing, you know, that isolated game, that sort of man on man game, so. Yeah, and ironically, the, the game really changed, and the team who changed it is the team that is currently playing for.
1: Yeah, in many ways with the flooding and the that blue coast. Yeah, stuff, with the flooding yeah, and just yeah, more of yeah, a defensive
2: yeah. game. So, but you're right, mate. The thing just the crowd running. And isn't it amazing? Like it's okay, buddy bags his thousandth goal, right? So he hits he hits the thousand, he hits the millennia, and then the narratives and the stories that are born from that moment, you know, like it's it's his moment. He's the catalyst. And then the crowd, and there's all these little side stories that have emerged from this moment.
1: It's the just- lady scattering her mum's ashes. What the fuck was going on? It's like births, deaths, and marriages. There was a proposal. There was like just about the only thing missing was was literally someone giving birth and calling him buddy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's just amazing. The wallet story was Zach Tully. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah it's the yeah. wallet. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. yeah he, he, wallet and Casey drops, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and Zach, so we followed him into the crowd. I mean, you had the other one. You had yeah, uh, you know, Chad Warner and Ollie Florent ending up outside outside the ground, basically <laughs> just wandering around the streets.
1: Uh, is that
2: is that what happened? Yeah, yeah.
1: fair income. They were literally outside the ground. Like it was it was nearly a forty minute delay. Like they predicted a twenty minute delay, it went for nearly forty in the end. But geez, I'll tell you what, I'd love to know the COVID numbers after that because it's nearly almost a super <laughs> spreader. Like it's, what a bizarre there's super situation. Spreaders and then there's, there's, there's that a bloody, yeah. yeah, there's that. That's
2: a bloody that's a bloody spreader. And and so
0: the other thing, I guess, I just wanted to put to you guys. Now, I I suffer a little bit from—well, I shouldn't say a little bit—I suffer from full-blown claustrophobia. So for me, seeing seeing that crowd packed in like that, I actually felt physically ill. It's interesting, really. So
1: I listened to AFL 360 today, and Jared Waitley actually said that at the ground, it didn't feel as bad as it looked on telly, which was interesting. So I take that for what you will. But there's this beautiful photo of Buddy in in colour. And everyone around him in black and white, yeah, yeah. oh, it's just brilliant. I, I almost want to buy a print of it. Like, it's fantastic.
2: It's just like a beautiful image, you know, because obviously, again, the catalyst, you know, in colour, and the black and white giving you that nostalgic, atmospheric feel. That's beautiful. It is beautiful, um, yeah. Mate, do you know what I mean? Jared Whateley, I, the guy's a genius, let's be honest. He he really is one of the he's one of the greats, really, when it comes down to, like, you know, sporting analysis and being that, just that articulate and eloquent orator, if you will. But Absolutely. I think that makes sense because if you're in your lounge room and you're watching on a television, you're actually watching it in like a, a confined frame, and there'd just be people everywhere. So you'd actually would almost feel like it's it's overwhelming. You can't actually see any any negative space, so to speak. Whereas like if you're actually at the ground, you're in like a ginormous space, you know, where you could see it from afar, um, you know, and that you would see gaps and whatnot. But but through that constricted and confined lens, I reckon. When you're saying that claustrophobic feeling is true, like, yeah, I could see how that could definitely happen, you know? It, it, like,
0: yeah, If it, it was like an episode of The Walking Dead and it was just a herd of these walkers. Oh. Like-
1: and really, the, the security <laughs> dropped the ball. They, there should have been eight security guards that were running on the field in his follow-through to surround him straight away. Hmm. So they yeah. did drop the ball. But luckily, it all, it all worked out okay in the end. Well, apart from maybe the COVID numbers, we'll look at those. But yeah, oh, what a moment, <laughs> hey? I, I think,
2: you know what, like... Look at that! I mean, Buddy's reaction though—like, it was almost like he was—he was loving the fact that the people were getting around him. He was loving it.
0: Oh, look—he—he he certainly doesn't mind the limelight. As we say, he's a rock star. <laughs> he's he a—he's a he is a full blown rock star. I'm actually surprised he didn't basically crowd surf across the whole thing.
2: <laughs> well, that would well, be the old bloody—give it the old bloody Bruce Springsteen, mate, and, 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 you know in his heyday.
1: The best thing was yeah. that he's just been surrounded by ten thousand people on the ground. And then mm. when they interview him, they interview him with the six-foot microphone for COVID protocols. Yeah. <laughs> like, heaven forbid. <laughs> That's
2: ridiculous.
1: <Yeah. laughs> That's ridiculous that, that, is,
2: that is actually ridiculous. It is. Um, yeah. That doesn't make a shred of sense.
0: I've, I've got a bit of a question without notice for you, oh? for the two of you. And okay. a bit of trivia without notice. Oh, we like this. Bye, have a, have yes, a guess which AFL team Buddy Franklin has kicked the most goals against in his 1,000?
1: Oh, I think I've seen like, this. Then, I think It'd it's Essendon. Good, the answer is uh, Essendon. Yeah, sorry, I think I saw that. Oh well, played,
2: nice. Yeah, well,
1: I, I saw it a few days ago, so yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't sure out. if you, if you'd maybe seen that one on Twitter, but yeah,
0: yeah. So he kicked seventy-five of his goals against Essendon. Uh, the oh. bottom three, if for anyone who's interested, Melbourne with forty-three, Gold oh. Coast yeah.
1: and oh. GWS, Hawthorn with twenty-six. Oh,
0: good because well, he what? played for them. Yeah. Yep. And uh,
1: yeah, Gold Coast oh, is yeah. 25.
0: So, yeah, he's actually kicked
2: quite a few against GWS. There
1: you go. I guess the Sydney Derby twice wow. a year. Yeah,
2: so there you go. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, oh, mate, Essendon, mate, hang your head in shame. You know what? The Bombers, they have started this year like they start every year. It'd be very demoralizing from, from an Essendon fan's
1: perspective, wouldn't it? There's a Twitter account that shows the last how many days it's been since the last time they made a final. It's a lot,
0: or well, one. One,
1: <laughs> one Sorry, like, yeah, one, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been,
0: yeah, it's been a while. I thought they were actually okay against Brisbane. They just, like, they they're started. Not tagging. They started really well, but yeah, then, they, yeah, they let Lockie Neal off the, the leash with forty one touches and a couple of goals, and that's your that's your ball game, you know. Six goals in a row, I think it was in the second quarter, and I think they got another six in the God. third. I mean,
2: they're just yeah. It when, just when, seems when, like they they, they lack like some heart, you know. They they're not the. They I'll put in the one percenters. You know how badly do you want it?
0: Well, it's funny you say that. One of the big things that came out of that game was one of the defenders. I can't remember his bloody name or who it was, but one of the defenders running in to try and sort of tap a ball through for a rush behind, and he's oh. basically sauntered behind this ball and it's beaten him over the line and goal. gone
2: through for a goal. Oh man! So the fact that well, he's sauntering, he's sauntering behind, like, yeah. like, ushering, ushering it along. What <laughs> but yeah, doing? basically. Why he fucking, it's hitting the ball he's for a walk. Basically, it was ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, he's got, it on, he's got it on an air lead. Now,
0: speak, speaking of ridiculous, we should probably move on to. We uh, got to talk about your team, to our mob, mate. The uh, the West Coast Eagles. Have you ever seen more outs in a from a team? Fourteen outs, and then someone got injured in the warm up, and then Jackson Nelson gets yeah. injured in the warm ups.
2: Yeah, and then there was an old mate walking back, and they're like, "Hey, do you, can you suit up for us?" Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. It was, who was that it was like Aaron Black or something? One of one of those guys. And, oh, yeah. oh
2: my god! Do you know what? Get fucked. Get fucked today. Today I went and I went and taught a hip hop dance workshop today at Bob Hawke um, Secondary School in mm-hmm. Subiaco, right? I'll go in there um, to the arts department, arts and phys ed. There's three kids waiting outside the bloody arts office. They're outside the office, I'm like, oh, I'm like, excuse me, boys, they, they're waiting for someone. i go going to the office. I'm bloody speaking to a few people, and then one of the female PE teachers goes like, oh. He goes, hey, hey, Azza, hey, there's some kids at the door for you. He's like, oh, it was Aaron Black. He hey, was right. in the PE office. Huh. And then he proceeded to tell me about uh, he was at the game on the ground and they they got him to play. Well, I had that conversation with him today. There you go. He played well. He did play well. And then he was telling me, I was like, oh, mate, like, that, that was huge, you know? And then he was like, he goes, oh, you know, he's 32 now. And he was saying, you know, he's, he's he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, oh, but my real claim to fame is.
1: Sandover yeah. medal. Ah, of course. Uh, yeah, the waffle. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, he's played, yeah, over, he's,
0: he's he's played over 200 games in the waffle. And, yeah, to see him and also Declan Mountford kick goals in their first game, I mean, there is a chance that one or both of those guys could become the fifth or sixth player in Eagles history to kick a goal in their one and only appearance for the club. So, uh, I mean, I'm hoping <gasps> That's
2: not. Yeah. And, and, I, and, I, and I love, once again, I love the breadth of your research.
0: Look, Twitter is a a very fine beast. It comes up with some some pretty crazy <laughs> oh, stuff. That's
1: great stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I, I forgot a great stat on the on the thousand goal kickers. Actually, can oh, I mention yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. You throw, throw it. it in there. Throw it in. Yeah. yeah so, just, you know, Peter Russo actually played with three of the blokes in the thousand club. Oh yeah. Gary Ablett Senior in 1982, Jason Dunstall from 85 to 88, and plug a Lock at 89.90.
2: Fancy! What? There's only
1: been six in history, and one bloke played with three, three of,
2: them. of them. Yeah, wow! He's played with over half of the dudes in history. of kicked the millennia. That's uh-huh. yeah, remarkable. That is,
1: that is impressive. We love a crazy That's stuff.
0: Right, yeah. We do, we do. But no, look, just just quickly, bloody proud of the Eagles. I mean, to be that yeah. decimated with injury, and to be able to only lose by what was it, sixteen points in the end? I think it was. It's a, a spectacular effort, and and look, I'm it not really I, is. I don't have high hopes for the Eagles this season, but.
2: No yeah.
0: same. That that sort of effort, that's what sort of keeps you as a as a fan, yeah. sort of keeps you engaged
2: with the club.
1: I'll be honest, I have a level of schadenfreude whenever the Eagles lose. <laughs> but even I, even <laughs> I felt sorry for the Eagles this weekend. Yeah.
2: But you know, because we actually could have we actually could have won that game. Like if we'd actually just kicked straight in the final 10 minutes. We we had all the momentum. I mean, and that's the thing though. It's it's you know, it's that um what, what do you call it? And Playing Coast with house lived, money. Yeah, that's right. Playing with house money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, oh, we actually had a lot of moments in there. That you know, You're right. You're right, Shuey. It's just like there's, they demonstrated a lot of heart. Yeah, well, hopefully that continues on
0: on the following sort of, well, I suppose, handful of weeks, I guess, at least. I mean, I'm, Well, you'd
1: be a decent chance in the Derby because the Dockers have their own issues. So that true. could be an interesting game this weekend. True, true. A hard one to tip, actually. I'll tip for you.
2: Actually, actually. Have you tipped Friar? Oh, yeah. I'm tipping,
1: I'm tipping free. I I'll up. make my mind up. close so, yeah. uh,
0: I'm happy to put my, okay. my hand up and say that I'll, uh, I'm sitting on the fence in my own way. Cause it's, I'm a winner either way.
1: You're sitting on the yeah. fence ready That's to right, run. Onto the field. That's
0: right. So we'll move on to the tennis now. Obviously the huge news in the tennis world is the very, I say shock retirement. Oh, well, was, of Ash yeah. buddy. Certainly for for anyone outside of the locker room, mm-hmm. it's a shock. And perhaps there's a uh, a little party on the way, so to speak, I'd imagine she's probably going to spend a lot more time with her new husband and, could be planning a family at 25 is a a good age to be starting all of that stuff and obviously none of us wanted her to go I think selfishly we all probably wanted to watch her for another 10 years but um
1: it's not not normal to be retiring at 25 is it no no
0: Martina Hingis basically
2: yeah how how old was Martina when she but she came back didn't she
0: she came back yeah I think she would have retired the second time I would have been a little bit later than 25 but uh but yeah Mm.
1: definitely it is it's it's a real shock how's this boys Ash Barty mm-hmm. spent more weeks at number one than Osaka, Sharapova, Clisters, Capriati, Sanchez-Vicario, Venus Williams, Pliskova, and Mugurusa combined. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Combined. Yeah. yeah. And she's retired. Like, talk about going out on top. She's doing a Michael Jordan circa 1993, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, she is. Yeah. She's doing, a, she's doing a Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, don't say that to Stewie. in you mean
0: 1998?
1: Oh. Uh, no, his first retirement.
0: Oh, I get you. I yeah, get you. yeah. he was like, that
1: was yeah, the yeah. peak of his Sorry, point. Sorry, I
0: thought yeah. I, I,
1: yeah, well. Yeah. Well, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But I mean, you're right. It's it's absolutely huge in it? 25, 25 years old, hanging the racket up. God, I'll tell you what, uh, what an admirable and just magnificent effort from an incredible human being and from a, just an absolute su- superstar, really, who's just remained so humble through it all. Yeah, b- big loss for us, but also what a magnificent Short but magnificent career.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, Dylan Alcott as well, obviously. So we've lost two with all the idiots that are causing dramas are still playing for Australia in the tennis, yeah. but we've lost Alcott and Barty who were like <laughs> the has, shining has light
2: Alcott, has, has, yeah, has he, his too. As well? Yeah, he caught it.
1: Yeah, yeah. After what? the Australian Open, yeah. Decided yep. That was it. Unfortunately, he didn't get the fairy tale he wanted, didn't win the final, but after the Aussie Open, he hung it up.
0: What? Yeah, So we've got ourselves a new number one in the world. Igor Swiatek, first Polish male or female player to sit at world number one. It is worth noting they did have a number two, uh, Agnieszka Radwanska, who was number two in 2012. Um, and I guess, you know, throwing to you, Al, on this one, you know, someone who has, has been number two in the world in, in something, <laughs> you, you, can, you can talk to us about how bloody difficult it is even, you know, to get to that level, let alone cracking number one.
2: Oh, God, it's true. Something, something like air guitar, which has like really like no, you can't you couldn't even compare like how little amount of people do air guitar comparative to playing a game like tennis. Like how many people around the world play tennis and to, to be able to like like to be second in something so massive and like the amount of pressure that would be on tennis players and the amount of fitness and, you know, the whole life commitment that's required to achieve at such a high level. And the thing is, you got to think, like a lot of these people, they're all really putting in the same amount of time. You know what I mean? Because they'd be they'd be putting in hours upon hours. At that level, it comes down to more than just the time you're putting in, isn't it? It comes down to your talent, your ability, your mind oh, frame, yeah. your all that other stuff. It really does separate the great to the elite. You know, like how good are you? And you know, so someone imagine someone who's been second has just been striving so long. You're right. And then to get the number one. I mean, okay, I haven't won it, so to speak, but you have really because Barty does retire. You you are number one and that's you. Like you are now the number one player in the world. That's the ranking and that, oh, the feelings. She must have just been... Could have just been
1: over the moon. The two best words in the English language, default. Default, yes. yes. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the crazy thing for Schweizer, she's only 20. She's just Whoa. a
2: phenomenal player. No, there's
1: a lot of good young players knocking about in the women's game at the moment. It, I think uh, yeah, it'll be really, some that's, fierce contests over the coming years. Yeah, nice.
2: That, and that's, it's great. It's great for the sport, isn't it? Those, those just classic rivalries, you know, that can just permeate and almost transcend generations and time basically because I mean we look obviously in the, in the male competition obviously the Federer Nadal thing was was massive but it was that it was that huge rivalry which gave birth to Djokovic wasn't it really yeah. his his great his greatness really spawned from the greatness of his predecessors and um you know they they took it to a level and then now how many has he won now has he overtaken no I
0: know so Djokovic is Nadal uh, is number n- one yeah, yeah Nadal, Nadal's at 21 I think it is and uh Djokovic and Federer both sit on 20 at the moment but you'd like to think that Djokovic will pass in the next couple of years
1: You've opened the door yeah. for me again Alex You're constantly setting me up, I love it You're like oh, the, no. the pure point guard my friend So <laughs> did, did you guys know about this song by the Bryan Brothers band They're the, the oh, Bryans The the, double, so, the, yeah, yeah, the, doubles, yeah. the most successful doubles beating the Woodies So they've got this song called <laughs> Autograph right? It is okay. fucking terrible Anyway, let me read some of the, <laughs> the lyrics Right, Bob Bryan See the little girl with the sharpie in her hand. She's walking my way, ignoring her man. Waited two hours to see me move. Now give me that pen and feel the groove.
0: Oh, that is ridiculous. Oh, it gets worse.
1: Mike oh, Bryan, so you got your autograph. Now what are you going to do? Take it to the beach or use it at the zoo? <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> Dr. Zeus. <laughs> put it on the web to make a little money these autographs they're pretty funny now novak you you gave me my opening from melbourne to paris london to new york the fans start flocking when i step off the court my name is the joker and i sign with a smile get me some water i'll be here a while and then finally andy murray you gotta you gotta seek this out it's piss funny eh? like andy murray's read is it's the worst rap you've ever heard in your life during Wimbledon, it gets me crazy. My hand cramps up, and my mind gets hazy. I sign and sign, but the line doesn't end. Wake me up tomorrow, and let's do it again.
0: Oh wow! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Maybe you can air guitar to that one,
1: Al. I want to see you air guitar into that one in Finland. <laughs> oh my god, that's the. I
2: will tell you what, if I if I buddy air guitar to that in uh, in Finland, I'd. I'd be having to beat it for the rest of my life because
0: uh, <laughs> that, that, that'd be it, you'd be done <laughs> absolutely done. Oh,
2: that
0: is hilarious!
2: <laughs> now, quick oh uh, my god, Andy Murray. He's actually, I'm normally a witty guy. I don't get his publicist, wrote that. That's that's no, I can't accept that's Andy Murray. No,
1: nah, it's 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 certainly not Brian Adams, it's definitely the Brian Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So that's also a perfect segue for me because I was, I was just wanting to talk about something really disappointing in the tennis world. And you've given me the great opening with that disappointing song.
1: We're all pure point guards here.
0: So there's been a few incidents recently with players throwing rackets. We had Nick Kyrgios at Indian Wells who narrowly missed a ball boy. And then Jensen Brooksby at the Miami open who quote narrowly avoided a ball boy, thanks to some very nimble feet. But, uh, the racket oh. actually did clip the ball boy, which uh, is, oh. is a very interesting one. And yeah. there's a lot of people saying he should have been defaulted and kicked out of the tournament because his racket made contact with one of the the volunteers. Well,
1: and as we say, rules is rules. Rules is rules. Mm.
0: Now, Sorry. Brooksby went on and won that match. And he then went on and beat Nikolaus severely in the round of 64. I think he beat uh, Roberto Bautista and Gutt just overnight. So now instead of losing in the first round and either being completely stripped of all prize money or winning like 18 grand, he's now into the round of 16 where the prize money is sitting just over $94,500. So oh. it's it's very interesting. He probably should have been
1: defaulting. Yeah, he's considering himself very lucky indeed. Very lucky.
2: Oh, is yeah. This does sound like quite the controversy. Well, it is, yeah.
0: I mean, look... Like, why do these players feel that like that's the only option they've got when they're frustrated is to just throw a racket? And I mean,
1: oh, I feel an Oscar's reference coming on. It oh,
0: like what it was? Oh, just
1: random acts of violence. Oh, I okay. What
0: <laughs> yeah. are you gonna say? That?
1: What do they do? Go up to the line, the line and judge, slap and them. slap him in the well, face? Well, you know, so. Novak hits him in the throat. So why not? True.
2: Oh my, yeah. Oh God, isn't it love? Love fifteen. Love will make you do crazy things. <laughs> <laughs> Well, boys, they just get slapped because you know you haven't scored a point yet, love. Um, I can't believe, I can't believe Will, though, using just trying to get himself out of it with every fucking, oh god, protecting fierce family, love makes you do crazy things. No, mate, you you did it,
1: yeah. Anyways, yeah, no, you know that's I? that's amazing, yeah. We're, we're just, yeah, Stewie's not a big what fan of this whole I, talking point, I, so. I, I, yeah, still, sorry. I still
0: think it's staged. No, but...
1: it wasn't staged. <laughs>
2: Oh, I tell you what. No, honestly, for me, it's just it's toxic masculinity. Like, honestly, the guy going in there, just I think he just is unhinged. But, anyways, I know we're not talking about that. But it's that same sort of thing. Like, I agree with you. Look, look at the reactions of the of the me- male players, certain male players, when they're losing it, and they do act quite violently. You know, when they're breaking rackets support. And I know it's not just another human, but they do vent out their frustrations physically. I know female players can too, but I don't think it's as like, it's as barbaric as like a male player no. when they do it. And no. I know maybe I'm clutching at straws here. I don't know, but. No, you're not. You're no, just, no, there's definitely, not the not proof's in the pudding on that one.
0: I mean, Alex Ferrer smashed his racket on the on the, the, uh, the, the chair umpire's and chair. Gone and got off
1: very lightly, like incredibly to, yeah. lightly. Yeah. So, it's,
2: you know, it's, yeah, like, it's crazy. yeah. Tennis really is is also epitomizes male tantrums. Find <laughs> yes. me another sport where you're going to get as many fucking tantrums by grown ass men.
1: I guess King. it then makes sense that it, that Will was in a movie about tennis, King Richard.
2: Yeah. So. <laughs> Very
1: true. but he won, he won his Oscar <laughs> yeah. for? It.
2: Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. No, I think that's unacceptable. If, if you're going to be if you're going to, like if you're a sportsman, you're going getting paid shit tons of money, you have a massive tantrum out there you're hitting rackets. Uh, sort it out. Yep. Sort it out, mate. Jesus, you know? That's it. That's
1: it. For those interested, there is a pretty funny video out there of Andy Roddick taking the piss, telling people how to properly throw a racket in a tantrum and stuff. So he's always oh, had really? good, he's yeah. had always had a good sense of humor, old Andy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's saying if you if you hold it a certain way and throw it straight down, it's not going to go anywhere. And oh. if you're hitting a hitting a ball, make sure you hit it up so it doesn't hit any line judges. All that's he's he's done very well.
2: That's brilliant. He is he is a great guy, isn't he? He's he's very charismatic and
0: I mean he had his yeah, he had his tantrums in his play. You know, oh he did. A, yeah, he had a bit of but, a temper in the day. But yeah. He, but yeah, he's a he's a oh, very he good did. guy to listen oh, to. Oh, that's
1: a Great serve. Great, so, yeah, yeah, great serve.
0: Now we probably need to change the the uh, the tone a little bit. We've mm. we've we've come to the, the cricket section of this.
1: Yes, yes. So we'll follow the rock star theme.
0: Now obviously there's no bigger rock star. In the entire world of cricket, in the last probably hundred years, than one Shane yeah. Warne. Unfortunately, we had his passing fairly recently, and we did a, a little eleven-minute recording, just kind of in the immediate know, aftermath.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: But we kind of wanted to get your thoughts on on Warne and, and kind of what he meant to you as well, Al. Like, what what are your memories of him growing up and all that sort of stuff?
2: God, it's it's, it's a tragedy, isn't it? It is. It really is a life cut short when you think about it. Oh yeah, um, fifty isn't it? How could you forget? I still remember when Shane Warne, I remember when he came onto the scene. because I always used to watch cricket with my dad in the lounge room, and when Shane Warne came on to play in his first test match against England, um, the Ashes series, and my dad was telling me about him, and then he the the ball. I, the the gadding
0: getting ball, the, yeah. The, the, the oh, yeah. gadding yeah.
2: ball, ball. Seeing that ball and just thinking... Who is this guy? And, you know, like, I remember being in year three just practicing leg spin. Like, I played cricket for years, and then I, I was a leg spinner. I progressively became worse the more I played. But <laughs> when I was quite young, I just – it's because I used to practice all the time when I was young, and it was because of Shane Warne, because I idolized the guy. It was just such a rock star. And um, and he really took the game on, didn't he? He just, he just epitomized just the Aussie – just the Aussie – you know, larrikin, but also a controversial character, just a skill level that had never before been seen from a spin bowler doing things that were just, he was just a genius of the game. And even when you heard him talk strategy, the way that he, he spoke of tactics and his understanding of the game was also just at such a high level. And I guess it's just a bit of a sad thing with our, with, mass, you know, with corporate sponsorship, In sports, that you know, Shane Warnes. I mean, his off field -field behavior was almost as legendary as his on field behavior. That was
1: part of the rock star persona. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's all part of the mythology. Yeah,
2: yeah, you're right. He, I think, he had such an impact on so many not only Australians but fans of cricket around the
1: world, and it's a huge loss. I've got to say, his performance in the IPL, that inaugural IPL with the Rajasthan Royals. He took them to the the very first championship with a, with a yep. team of like young kids that no one had heard of. Like that's one of his yep. greatest achievements is in his, his entire career. Right at the oh, end,
2: it was it um, was a ama- it was amazing. Like um, because he, he had Andrew Simons in his team too, right? But that was pretty much it. Was that it? Was that? Was he in that team? Or no, I don't he think
1: from- he was in that first year, actually. No, oh, I don't okay. think he was. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, okay. Um, he had, to, like, Yusuf Patan was one. But again, he wasn't a massive international player. Nine. Like, he did Nine. well in the in the domestic. But, like, these guys yeah. like Sid Travati and... Uh, but, yeah, a lot of unknowns and just a, a, an incredible effort. Incredible. God, got okay, a- yeah, just another feather <laughs> in the cap, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Oh, just cherry on top. I've got a story as well, and I, I have yeah. told it before on our show, but it was probably in the first 20, 25 episodes. We've got a lot more listeners since then, so I'll tell it again. Yep. So okay. when, when I was a kid, like it was all about Warnie, even playing for Victoria, because back in the day, they used to show a lot of Shield and and uh, uh, Mercantile Mutual Cup, as it was then known, uh, when they, they hit, had the old yeah. sign. You try and hit the sign on the full and get 50,000 bucks or whatever it was. <gasps> oh,
2: that's but, right, yeah. yeah.
1: So, I, so I've been watching him even in the state level prior to him kind of cracking the Australian team, but... I was at the book signing of Austin Robertson's book, Cricket Outlaws, a couple of years ago, and Warney was there. And, and I had the pleasure of meeting him, getting a photo and everything. And I had a chat Amazing. with him. And I said to yeah. him, I, I said, I said, oh, Warney, like when I was a kid, I, I was too young to understand that the pace bowlers came on first and the spinners didn't come on till later. So I'd be sitting yeah. not a metre away from my telly cross-legged with my parents saying, you're sitting too close. Like, Warnie, Warney, like when's Warney coming? When's Warney coming? And his response... Oh, yeah. His response was gold. His response was, "Ah, oh, mate, you should have just gone back to bed." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "No, no, no. Well, oh, I did like Craig McDermott and Murph Hughes and those folks as well. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did him. like Paul Rifle. I did like the other guys, but
2: yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, it was all about Shane Warne, mate. You know what I mean? I, I love that response. Oh, but that I just yeah, you know,
1: I cherish that experience now even that's more. That's amazing. Yeah. You actually get it,
2: you had it. He 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 spoke to you. That's fucking You're right. a legit
1: You're chat, getting... like a legit chat.
2: Yeah, yeah. You never forget
0: that. It, it, yeah, it's still even this many weeks on. It still hits me thinking that he's not here. Oh, he's uh, not just going to pop up in one of the commentary boxes.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the, often the full kind of brunt of these things take quite some time to really to really have full impact, don't they? Because you kind of go about That's your daily true. life. But well, when we turn on the yeah. telly this summer and we don't hear his voice commentating yeah. in the Australian summer or whatever it might oh, be, the IPO was just started. Point. Like, yeah, you
2: know, when you said that, Stuart, when you said that, you know, you're not going to hear him in the commentary box. Like, it became very real for me then when you said that because that's how we personally experience. I mean, that because that really would be our interactions with Shane Warne, listening to him commentate nowadays. You know, and mm-hmm. we know obviously the history of his game and what he's done for the sport, but.
1: That's really <laughs> how we feel.
2: Yeah. So when you say that, it really it that it
1: makes it real. Who knows? Know? He That's, could have been the next Bill Laurie. He could have been in that com box for 40 years, for all we know. Like, but unfortunately, um, I, no.
2: It's true. I mean, you know, he 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 obviously lived a very fast life, you know. He, he did. He, very fast he,
1: 52
2: years. He really lived, he lived more than he lived more than multiple lifetimes of so his life. Bit,
0: bit more cricket to go over a, that's sort of happening at the moment. So the Aussies have just wrapped up their three-test series with Pakistan, winning at one yep. nothing after two moderately <laughs> lacklustre draws. Managed to yep. finally get a result in the in the third one, um, oh, th- thanks largely to two god-awful collapses by Pakistan. And um, a lot of it
1: going yeah. unnoticed because it was during the buddy stuff. True. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. So right.
0: get, get this for their first and second innings. So first innings, they're sitting at two for 214. And then they lose eight for fifty four.
2: Who yep. Pakistan did?
1: Yeah, yep,
0: yep. And they lost their their last five wickets for twelve runs. Second innings, they're sitting at two for one hundred and forty two and lose their last eight wickets for ninety three and their last five oh. for just twenty two runs.
1: Yep, you've got to get past oh. Barbara's arm and Rizwan, and then you're you're starting to feel a bit better about it about things.
2: Yeah, Yeah, because the um, I didn't actually watch that much of it, but I, I heard that the the pitches were really just like flat. Black, just roads, track, yeah. tracks, oh, right. absolute
1: roads! Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. 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 Th- this is the thing. So, like Pakistan going into day five, were at none for seventy three. They need two hundred and seventy eight runs at about three runs. A I moment. thought they were
1: going to win. It, it, it look, they should have. Yeah, there's, there's I like thought
0: they were going to win. Ten wickets in hand, you need less than three runs and over. Basically, like it's it's insane that you can't get
2: what what happened Did come in Cummins uh, declare.
0: Well the, well, the Aussies declared it three for 227. Yeah, in it was a very
1: sporting declaration, too. Like, it was risky. So, yeah, they, the they
2: wanted a result. They wanted a yeah, result. Yeah, one or yeah, the other. yeah,
1: Yep. yep. No, it was a heady decision in the end because he did cop. Oh, well, I was a bit critical of it, to be honest.
2: Well, yeah, That's, well, you uh, would be. It if, you think if it's on a road, like, I guess day five, though, like, day, you know, obviously the pitch generally does, just like, wear down. But, I mean, with these pictures wearing down, how were they, acting? like, reacting on the fifth day?
0: Oh, they they was, there was a little bit of bit of spin. Nathan Lyon was very very good on the the fifth day, and there was you know a yeah. little bit of a a bit of a performance from Pat Cummins and Mitchell Stark as well. But I think they were holding
1: up better than a normal five, fifth day pitch, though, weren't they? Like, mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Because normally a normally a
1: day five pitch,
2: like and God, you think in the subcontinent, you think it'd be moving all over the shop. But I guess if they've doctored the pitch, or because they would have, they created the pitch because they didn't want. It really wasn't helping the bowlers, was, was it? It was a, it was batters, it was batters' pitch paradise. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely,
2: no. this, paradise. And, yeah,
0: and, and it's it is interesting because you would think first, uh, first appearance from Australia in Pakistan in a very long time, twenty
1: five odd years. Yeah. You
0: would have thought they would have been wanting a result. So yeah, yeah I would have thought it would be one of those real spin friendly sort of wickets that you usually get in a subcontinent, but sure. probably not.
1: How's this for an Usman sure. Khawaja stat, right? So since yeah. his Test recall. He scored 747 yeah. runs at an average of 125 in nine innings. Only one <laughs> of only one of those knocks is in single figures. Then the next one is 11. Then the third worst, 44 not out. What? Yeah, he's he's what? a
0: purple patch. Yeah, he's he's been
1: brilliant. He sure has. Hopefully, we have found an Jesus. opener there for a couple of years. He's got to get Australian Cricket of the Year for that, surely. Oh, he he's he'd, he'd be, be absolutely the box seat for the Alan Border Medal, definitely. Yeah. Oh, is- I, I
2: guess I guess Cummins has been really good too, so. Be-
1: it, and it favours the people that play all three formats as well, of course. But no, he'll be right up there. He's been very, very yeah. good.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Good on your Ausman. On your Aussie.
0: Now, by the time we record next week, we'll know what's happened in the finals of the Women's World Cup. So, Australia taking on the West Indies tomorrow at time of recording, and South Africa yeah. and England to clash on Thursday. There's going to be a lot of runs scored, especially that South Africa England one. We will, as I say, we'll talk about that next week, and hopefully the Aussies can get through without Elise Perry. Yes, I
1: was just about to say, no Elise, yeah. But uh, yeah, and, and sure I mean
2: the Windies. The Windies have got uh, they're, they're an energetic team. They 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 they're exciting. It's, they 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 have got the potential to make an upset here they can they can do Oh it. they're
1: mercurial you never know you what know, you're going to get. I was going to say that yeah, that's right. the
2: word I
0: have is unpredictable and that's what scares me.
2: Yeah.
0: If ever there was a time though this is the deepest Australian batting lineup I've seen in the women's uh, and their bowling's
1: pretty bloody good as well so and fielding Ash Gardner. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully oh.
0: fingers crossed we'll uh, we'll have a win by the time we speak next time. Indeed. Come on. Come on ladies. Now we'll just quickly talk a bit of NBA. There's obviously there's so much going on, but just kind of wanted to talk about a week out from the end of the season. This whole play-in race is kind of getting very interesting. I can almost see Nathan's brain about to explode because of the Spurs and yeah. all of that. So <laughs> What I wanted to do is just kind of go through the four teams in the East and the five teams in the West that are kind of in the running and kind of get your thoughts on who you think are the two teams that will make it out of those play-ins and into the actual playoffs.
1: Well, actually, Al, what do you think of the play-in? Because it's an interesting new concept. It is an interesting concept. Last year, I thought, nah, this year, I'm actually really looking
2: forward to it because there are teams that want to be in. And we're at a point in the NBA right now, which I think is it's a really fascinating point because... This younger generation that's coming through are very exciting. They're highly skilled, and the older generation really are other, you know, the, the NBA legends. But they're actually getting a bit older now. You know, like they they actually need, And this is why Chris Paul, I think, is an absolute genius. We had obviously, you know, LeBron James getting players like Russell Westbrook and like this older generation, this older guards, you know, coming through. We had teams that were hustling to get older players like the Clippers, like you know, Kawhi and Paul George, and that selling the farm basically to get these guys. I mean, they're not old Kawhi and Paul George, but they are. They're 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 older than the new generation. They're in the back nine. Uh, that's right, they are. They're the back nine. Chris Paul, genius. He realizes Devin Booker is a scoring freak. He realizes Phoenix has got a young team. He goes to Phoenix. Right? Speaking
1: of Phoenix, L. They are yes. one hundred and nineteen and thirty five since the bubble. Yeah,
2: right. One hundred nineteen
1: wins. 35 losses but since, since the, the bubble. Since the start of the bubble. Yeah, and they went 8-0 No, went eight in. Notes, no yeah. I don't think that even includes the bubble. Oh, wow. I don't think. I'd have to check. But, I mean, even either way, that is absolutely outrageous. That is, that is phenomenal.
2: They yeah. are just cooking, hey. They are cooking. Mm. Like, I, do you know, I'd love Chris Paul. He deserves
1: one. He does. He, he does.
2: He, he deserves one, you know. And, like, fucking Brooklyn... Like, you know, Durant and now Curry's let to play every game. And that James Hyden trade worked out really well for Brooklyn. Like, now they've got Seth Curry. And he he is becoming one of the – like, he already is one of the NBA's best shooters right now. He's really followed in his brother's footsteps, and he's there. And now he's playing on a team. Oppositions are going to have to really double-team Durant or Kyrie. It's just going to leave him open. I think they've just got Joe Harris. They've got Patty Mills. They've got premium three-point shooters. They've got two of the – best isolation players. They are, I mean, they crushed Miami by 15 or 16 points. Miami had a full squad. That's the top team in the NBA and Brooklyn crushed them and they don't even have Ben Simmons playing for them yet.
1: I just hope that they can climb up to sixth place because I'd hate to see them play Milwaukee in the first round. It'd be such a shame to lose one of those teams in the first round, assuming they make. Well, this but this yeah. is
0: this is the thing we don't, we don't know because yeah. like at the start of today, yeah. the Boston Celtics were the number one seed. How's this? They lost and now they're fourth.
1: But how's this? So oh, it oh, they, really? that's the latest yeah. point in a season, seventy-five games. The latest point in the season ever for a team to be number one for the first, for the first time. time yeah. yeah, okay. And then, as you say, they dropped really? down the same day. <laughs> yep. yeah. yeah, that's how tight oh, it oh. is at the top.
2: God, the, the East is
1: really exciting, isn't it? This the East is. The East is cooking. I'm loving but the East. The Celtics have lost Robert Williams for up to six weeks. They're saying mm. so. That's going to be huge Gosh. for them. Huge for their interior D. It's it's a big loss. That's oh, that's devastating. It is actually, yeah.
0: yeah. But you're so right, Al. Like this is probably the most excited I've been about the Eastern Conference playoffs probably since Jordan left. I reckon. Yeah,
1: since the mid 90s. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: It's it's legitimately true. Like uh, you think back to the early 2000s and all the games were in the, the 70s and the 80s, whereas this this. Really, you look at the the top guys. So you've got obviously, yeah, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. You've got Boston. You've got Clevelanders up and Mi- coming. Miami. You've yep. got all these teams that are that are in contention. And then you look at the back end, and and I'll, I'll quickly list the four teams. Really, so you're looking at Cleveland sitting seventh at the moment, Brooklyn eighth, Charlotte ninth, and Atlanta, who is in Atlanta, the Eastern finals. finals.
1: Yep. And earlier in the season, Trey Young said that the regular season was boring. Well, so boring they might miss the fucking playoffs. Yeah. Oh,
0: so, I I'm, guess the question is to you two: which of those two teams? Well, I should probably say which other team aside from Brooklyn gets through.
1: Yes, I do think Brooklyn will get through. Well, I, as I say, I hope Brooklyn jumps up into sixth at least, and um, they might. Uh, I don't know. I kind of want to say Cleveland over Atlanta, actually. Yeah.
2: I got Cleveland worth so they're in seventh now. But I'll tell you what: they were in second place like a month, a month ago, a month and a half ago. Yep.
0: Yeah, they've had and injuries. Chicago, Chicago are free falling too. Yeah, they've had a lot of injuries, both of those guys. But I mean, like Brooklyn, I don't think they can get up to sixth place. So Toronto is four games ahead of them, and there's only probably about seven games mm, left. So okay. it's, un- it's unlikely they get out of that play. I
1: just hope they don't face Milwaukee. In the- I can handle them facing Philly. Oh, it'd be great to see Brooklyn Philly actually. Oh, wouldn't it? Let, just... Let's see Brooklyn Philly. I want Brooklyn oh. to finish seventh and play Philly in the first round. I'm okay with that. Oh. I'm okay. Do you because- know,
2: I just, I want Philly to like, like, there are teams that I want to see win, you know, like I would love Chris Paul to, he deserves a championship. He is still playing. At such an elite level for a guy who is like 37 years old. Yep. He's got oh, to get one remarkable.
1: like. It's remarkable. He, and he's punched the you know, ticket to the Hall of Fame in just in oh, the last couple of sure, years. For sure, for sure. Yeah. He
2: really yeah. He, you're absolutely right. He really has, but he needs to get a championship on his belt. But then it's like, oh, but then, like, you know, I want to see Philly win one, too. I think mean, Joel Embiid has had such a superior season. Like, oh, I reckon I've got
1: Jokic ahead of him, but yeah? um, yeah, I do. Well, Jokic. Jokic has carried a team that had more injuries than any other team in the competition. Yes, yeah, they, they've only they've only won one less game than Philly in a Wow.
0: You'd say a stacked Western. Yeah, United, so.
1: I was going to say maybe a harder conference, but it's probably actually pretty, pretty balanced. Pretty
0: similar. Yeah,
1: plus he's played seven more games than Joel and the, all the advanced metrics have Jokic. So I'm a big fan of Jokic. I've, I've got him as MVP ahead of Joel, but Joel is definitely second place for me. Right, okay, yep. I mean, I mean look,
2: Philly second in the Eastern Conference and... I mean, you watch them play. The thing that the team's play, you know, I mean, Denver really like runs like, quite a lot of their offense through Jokic. You know, like, Obviously, his, his passing ability is really, we've never really seen a big man who, can, who has the passing ability and really the handles as well. Someone who can handle the ball. But, but, you know, again, Joel Embiid has worked remarkably hard on his ball handling and his isolation game this year. They, they're both just, in terms of the center position, they really are just in a league of their own, those two. Uh, you know, I'd love to see Philly win one. I don't know if they have yet had enough experience with Harden at the point to get it done because Harden just has a proven track record of failure.
1: In oh yeah, game his eight. his playoff performances are shit ass. I'd love to see Philly, but I
2: mean, the if you as you said, if you're going to cop the Brooklyn Nets, like you you have won, you know, you finished higher up, and then you have to cop Brooklyn because Brooklyn have just had a fucking Kyrie, the bloody QAnon guy, and and you had a flat earther, you know, a flat earther and then you got Jay. Like they barely played together. Now suddenly they're all gelling together at the end of the season. Like if, if Brooklyn goes through, and I don't think a team's ever won it from probably like eighth I think position. Six, sixth is,
0: sixth the lowest, is the lowest. That yeah. was the, the sixth Rocket is the last year. Rockets in '95. Um, right? In fact, was it Rockets? Was it really? Yeah, the Rockets in '95, the year after they uh, they beat New York. And I think the only number eight seed that's made it was New York in nineteen ninety nine against the Spurs in the lockout. One of the lockout seeds. Yeah, when they yeah. won their first their first championship league. without
1: Patrick Ewing, too. Quite yeah. remarkable. They beat they upset oh. Miami in the first round. Yeah. God,
2: oh, Patrick Ewing.
1: That's what the Stan Ewing Van Gundy. A? The Stan Van Gundy grabbing. Well, who was it? Brian Grant or PJ Brown or something? You remember he's yeah. grabbing oh, yeah. him by the leg. Yeah, yeah. because <laughs> so
0: yeah, he, right. he, he flipped <laughs> Charlie Ward up and yeah. threw, threw him into the crowd. Oh, what so. a series! What a series. <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. Oh, Van Gundy Yahoot. So all right, so who have we got? So we've got we've got Brooklyn okay. getting through. Nathan's got Cleveland. Who have you got out
2: Yeah, I know. I think, you know, I think Charlotte are still too young. Agreed. Like in Lamelo, you know, Lamello just needs a couple more years, but he is going to be a star of the game. Trey Young already is a, a star of the game. If Trey is really on, because okay. I know John Collins, he, I know he was out for quite a for a bit, and he is a superstar. The thing with the Hawks is that they're too stacked. They need to get rid of they've just got too many, too many forwards, really. They're too cramped in their in their center their center line. I don't know. I think if Trey Young's on, they got a chance like Cleveland. I mean, Darius Garland has just been off of Richter this year. Um, but yeah, Brooklyn, um, maybe Brooklyn and Cleveland, yeah. But who, who will Hawks play? Hawks can play Cleveland. Uh, so Cleveland
0: will play Brooklyn. Well, start, yeah,
1: then... it depends who would win that first one. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, I see on. I see what you mean. Yeah.
2: Well, I don't know. I, I mean, everything could there. change by
1: next week. Yeah, well, this, we're, this, we're just speculating this, at this, this stage. Is, You're this right. Is You're like,
2: right. So, what do what you guys? I don't know. What are you guys thinking? You're thinking Cleveland I've, and Brooklyn.
0: I've got Cle- I've got Atlanta and Brooklyn. Actually, I, I think yeah. Atlanta are actually in really good form right now. Getting decent yeah. performances from guys like Bogdanovich, Capella, Kevin yeah. Hurt has been playing really well the last couple of weeks. He has. Uh, yeah, yeah Trey Young. You, ne- I mean, you never know what you're going to get with him. I mean, he shot the ball terribly today, but had 16 assists. So I think yeah. the fact that they've been there, they kind of know what they're doing. They'd be odds on in I,
1: that
2: group. I yeah.
0: think that's what'll get them over the line. But look, I'd love to yeah. see Cleveland. I would absolutely love
2: it. Yeah, it'd be great for the city. It'd be great for them too. But I'm with you. I think um, I think Atlanta will get it done.
0: Now, we'll shift to the West. And this is where it yep. gets painful for Nathan because I know you do not want to make the play-in. <laughs> I
1: conceded today that the it's Spurs gonna... will make the play-in. And then we'll lose. Ooh. And then we'll get a shittier draft pick in a shitty draft. There is absolutely no reason to be winning. Everyone around us are tanking. It's shit.
0: So Nathan doesn't want to make it. Um, so the, the four teams that are currently, so Minnesota sitting seventh, the Clippers at eighth, yeah. New Orleans yeah. ninth, the Lakers 10th, and the Spurs half a game behind the
2: Lakers in 11th. Who gets through? Well, so this is the big news, isn't it? Anthony Davis could return this week. Which is and, massive.
1: But do you know what else is massive? The Lakers literally have the hardest strength of schedule on the run home. Do they? I saw it on SportsCenter well, last night. Let me
0: let me run you through them. So they've got away games at Dallas, Utah, Phoenix, Golden State, and Denver. Five of the top six seeds in the West. Then they've got home games against Denver, New Orleans, and OKC, who are a bogey side of theirs. See the um, way that they win more
2: than maybe three of those. They
1: need AD back, and they need him firing immediately, I think, to have any chance.
2: To have any chance, they do. Yeah, again, that's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting also to see if all those teams... Their players are starting to get rested. Like Luca had some days of rest. So they to see if they play their full lineups against them. because um, there's always that chance that some teams just throw in the tower because they just want to rest their stars before the playoffs. I mean, I would like to see the Lakers get in there, to be honest. And for your sake, I hope the Spurs don't. They've got a really exciting young team. There's so Jonte Murray is just something else. Oh, he is. Devin Vassell has been like, you got know, a really Killing nice Johnson, Johnson baller. Um, so, but yeah, you would—you definitely would like some, like some good draft picks. I mean, Lakers. I hope they do go through. I mean, the Pelicans have been exciting. Brennan Ingram's coming back; he'll, he'll play next game. Paul George is coming back this week. God, I mean, imagine if Kawhi could come back. We'd have a similar. Honestly, if if Kawhi came back and Paul George comes back, we've got a similar thing that's happening with Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, I, th- I you think, all... think that's been. I think that's been shut down. Has it? Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure. All right.
2: Yeah. You're right otherwise, though. You're right otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's good for Clippers because they've got the opportunity. They've bled some really good players. So next year, they'll give it a really good nudge, the Clippers will.
1: Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll look very strong next year with with if they're healthy. Absolutely. They yeah. made some very canny trades at the deadline. So definitely. They did. They
2: did. So what, what are you guys thinking? If it's Lakers and Timberwolves, I mean, that's big, isn't it? Because you're going to have Carl Anthony Towns taking on AD. You've got... Um, anthony edwards you got that's gonna be a, that'll be a that's good
0: i mean i've well i don't i don't actually know that the lakers can get that high that's the only problem so i think it's looking oh. more like it'll be minnesota and the clippers and i actually to be on like i've got minnesota just purely because of carl anthony towns he's just playing yeah. ridiculous oh ball i right think now. you
1: can just about lock them in yeah yeah, uh, yeah.
0: you know they're getting yeah. they're getting great defensive work out of pat beverly yeah edwards is doing his thing yeah I think out of the other the other four, I've actually got the Pelicans, and it, it, similar okay. sort of reasons to what you actually just mentioned. Al so, Brandon Ingram back today had twenty six points in his return game in twenty five minutes. Herb Jones, hmm. 16.6 steals to the, uh, yesterday, sorry, I should say, against the Lakers. So, yeah, the the defense they're getting out of that young fella is phenomenal.
1: And the McCollum inclusion, I mean, yeah, it's you've got, huge. You've got
0: McCollum, who's played in a West in conference finals. You've got Valanchunas, yeah. who I think has been to the
2: East in conference finals. He's
1: been. He's definitely yeah. been in a number of playoff appearances with in Toronto, both conferences. Toronto, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. So, they're,
2: so like they're, defen- they're defensive, yeah, the defensive, I mean, Larry Nance Jr. has just come back from injury, and he is a phenomenal shot blocker. And he was also he was the league leader in steals for a short time before he got injured. So the Pelicans, their defensive capabilities are intimidating. Yeah, he um,
0: could be one of the one of the better ones out there.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, as a team, not so much, but individually. So, I mean, yeah, okay. So you're so you're thinking Timberwolves and Pelicans? That's that's who I've got. Uh, okay. Are, yeah, and, and are, look, a lot of it's gonna—it'll depend on the
0: Pelicans' bench as well. If they got to get, yeah, you know, guys, guys like uh, like Trey Murphy and and uh, Alvarado and and Devontae Graham, if they can get good numbers out of those guys, then mm. look, they're every chance.
2: Again, Alvarado, another defensive demon. Oh, what he's brilliant. Good... He is. He is. He is. What do What do you reckon, Nathan? What are you thinking?
1: I hate to say, but I think it'll be the Pellies and the Spurs. I think the Spurs will jump the Lakers and get in that 10th spot, which is literally yeah. the worst fucking spot you can be in in the entire league. Um, it's the trigger point. Oh, it's the- just it's just a waste of time. It's like, seriously, you lock yourself out of the top bracket of the draft. As I say, it's yeah. a weak draft. We're not going to win the championship out of 10th spot. It's just a, no. I I really don't like it at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. as is abundantly um, clear.
2: Yes, yeah, <laughs> You know, you're not leaving anything to chance there. Like, yeah, he's he's pretty staunch in his viewpoint that that Spurs finishing spot is the shittest spot they could end up in. The shittest.
1: The shittest. Basically, yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like finishing ninth in the AFL. Like you yes. may as well bottom Shit. out, yeah. It's it, in that Richmond yep. spot where they sat for twenty years. Hey, yeah. that's our
2: spot now. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the Eagles' <laughs> spot right now. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And and I'll tell you what the Thunder the Thunder are doing everything right right now because they know after last year after Poku hit that three in the last game of the fucking season, yep. Poku nailed a quarter a quarter court shot that went in, and then we missed out. You know, we we would have had Mopley, but I mean, I'm happy that we got just Josh, Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy is looking really
1: good. Yeah. That that it's nice that's to have cool. that Aussie connection, isn't yeah, it's, it? yeah. it's worked out a
0: lot better than we thought it would.
1: Oh yeah, that's right, exactly. I was high on him. Oh yeah. Pretty early. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can go back yeah. and listen to the episode. Hang
0: on a se- hang on a second now. I'm going to put him in his place here. Sorry Nate. No, uh, did you have him in the all rookie first team? I
1: said, be, I, said no. no. <laughs> no. I said he'd be I said he could be picked as high as six I said be I said he could be picked as high as six. I just <laughs> didn't right. think he'd be this good this early. He
2: he, he did pick the yeah. draft spot. I'll I picked the draft spot,
1: yeah. But Oh, well
2: played! Well played! Well played! Hey, if if anything, Nathan, you did open the door for Stewie there, mate. And Stewie, you um, you let him in. So well played. I've got to say,
1: there's so many, uh, there's so much door opening at the moment. No one's going in anywhere because we're all holding doors for each other. And (laughs) no, you. No, you.
0: (laughs) No, I insist.
1: After you. We'll leave you on one question. We ask everyone at the end of our interviews. What are your favourite live sporting experiences? What things have you seen in person that you'll never forget in the sporting arena? And I guess if you want to extend it to air guitar, please do too.
2: I mean, oh God, I mean, I've seen a lot of rock concerts, you know, a lot of metal concerts, but I guess sporting events, oh boys, you know what? So the West Coast Eagles grand final against Collingwood, my dad said, Al, we've got tickets to the MCG for the grand final between Collingwood and West Coast, would you like to come? And I said, Well, Dad, I'd love to, but I've already booked in a fishing trip with a couple of my mates up to the Montebello Islands. Oh, no. <laughs> no. But I'll tell you what, it was an amazing fishing trip. And I did watch the, obviously, the game on the telly with a lot of like my close friends around. And that was great too. So, but I would have been at that game, but didn't get there. I'm sure that would have been it. But I mean, oh, God, live sporting events. I mean, What? Have I really seen anything that great with live sporting events? I mean, look, I've been to lots of football matches. I've been to like quite – when I lived in Chicago, I saw quite a few NBA matches, but I didn't go. I was going to actually go because the Thunder were – oh, God, when I was in Chicago, it was 2016, so the Thunder were 3-1 up against Golden State. Oh, yes. And then my team, I was looking at flights, and I shit you not. One of the guys in my acting school that I was going to, he's from Oklahoma – and he could have got me um, front row tickets. They were pricey, but he was like, he goes, if the Thunder goes through, he was going to go back to Oklahoma. And because um, he worked for an advertising company and he would have been able to get the tickets. And I was like, well, okay, if they get through, because they're 3 1 up, we were going to go to Oklahoma together. And I was going to go watch OKC take on, um, at that time, oh, would have like- been Cleveland. Yeah, LeBron. Um, but then Golden State won the next three games. They came back. They came back from three one down, and then they won four three. And then still um, kills obviously me still kills oh, me. Oh, doesn't it, Stewie? I, I know. And then Cleveland. And then Golden State are up three one, and then Cleveland comes back and bits of four yep. three. That's so it. I mean, that's, that's what cost us Kevin Durant. And then Kevin Durant left us um, yeah. after that. He, fucking him I just. Yeah, I can't talk. And, I don't know. It, it always comes back to Kevin. I swear to God. Oh, like, yes. What's that? What's that thing? Oh, yeah, that's right. What's that film? Let's talk about Kevin.
1: <laughs> I swear to God, mate. I've got a few fucking things to say about him still. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a Spurs fan, I feel similar about Kawhi Leonard. So yeah. Oh, yeah, oh you would you would, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, um, mate, the
2: Come on, mate. The Spurs had just had such a run for so long. Oh, yeah, of
1: course. No one's crying about the Spurs. I know that. Yeah. Except you. Yeah. Well, in fairness, in fairness, I've followed them since 1992. So I'm not a Johnny come yeah. lately, but uh, yeah. No, I know. But, I know, but I know. if they I know. never win again, they've done bloody well still. So,
2: yeah. Oh, mate. I mean, how could you not love the Admiral? I mean, really, he was just such, you know, 1992, mate. David Robinson, superstar.
1: Oh, that's it the was genesis. It? He was the reason. I'm a Spurs fan. Yep.
2: Well, yeah, he would have been MVP that year. I'd say ninety two. Uh, ninety
1: five was his MVP. No, yeah. yeah. Oh, 95, Yeah. Yeah, the year the Rockets beat Jordan, Jordan was still Jordan was still playing in ninety two. Yeah, yeah, that was
2: the year they
0: yeah. beat the Blazers in the in the final. In
1: fact, I think Barkley might have won. Oh, he might have been ninety three. Ninety three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ninety three.
2: Yeah, which Jordan was not happy about, which is no. why he
1: absolutely was
2: on fire in that final series yeah that was oh, ridiculous
0: um, averaging oh, no, 40, basically
2: it was just stupid. it was yeah, yeah yeah, oh mate i love the nba knowledge lads bloody brilliant so yeah but you know what sporting events live sporting events nothing really that significant so how about you boys? oh you have always had the bloody world cup the australian world cup
1: <laughs> and and it's funny you say that because when we were putting stuff well no we weren't putting stuff i, I reckon you were one of the first if not first to spot you spot us. You yeah. spot us. I think you spot us both in the Caribbean and in India, actually. I, I think you spot us well, at two oh. consecutive World Cups. I was watching because
2: I love cricket, you know, so I was watching the game. I saw you both times on Lime on telly.
0: Yeah, well, I wasn't at the I wasn't at the the O seven one at the time that they were all on the TV. I got there a, a little bit later, but the uh, oh the Bangladeshi
1: game you are were at, weren't you? We were on the TV no, the whole time. Oh, no, okay. no, I
0: was watching that from Perth, thinking, "Fuck, I should be there." Oh, okay. okay, but uh, but no, I remember. Yeah, two thousand eleven. It was the Australia Canada game, and. Yeah, we were on the the TV quite a bit, and I remember you yeah, getting a message from you going, "What the hell? Like you guys were at the at the game? I just saw you on the TV. It was awesome."
2: You guys, you guys were featuring quite prominently. You were you were um you were being quite active in the audience. Yeah. I must say, I must say, there was. Yeah, you were sticking out, boys. Had,
0: had the flags out. There weren't many Australian <laughs> people in Bangalore.
2: But yeah, that's right. Was, oh, uh,
0: that's
2: yeah. right. I, think I must have seen you a couple of times on that same same broadcast. I do remember seeing you a couple of times. I must have been on that one. Um, You've given us a yeah, plug hey.
1: opportunity there, Al. So for those that do want to hear about our live experiences more, listen to episodes 56, 60 and 61, where we go into great detail on the, those little exploits there. There we go.
2: Bloody brilliant, mate. And how's that memory? Nathan's memories?
1: He was looking, on was his looking at his <laughs> phone. <laughs> That's the Woody said the exact same thing when we did a crossover with him.
0: <laughs> yeah. I reckon uh, if, if you put a gun to his head, I reckon he'd have remembered it
1: though. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> So, Alex, thank you so much. The Ginger Assassin, you've been so generous with your time. We've had an absolute blast, a lot of fun. Thank you so much. We'd love to have you on the show again. Now, absolute
2: legends. Uh, lads, I've had an absolute cracking time. They're so good. I mean, we said we we're going to have a chat for maybe 45 minutes. We've spoken for in excess of two hours. Yes. And as we said before we started it, if there was a uh, MVP award for just a pack of blokes that just talk absolute shit, we would all be in the running. We are
1: the Joel Embiid and the Nikola Jokic's. We're all first team. You're an honorary sport bloke, Al. You are Absolutely. officially an honorary sport bloke.
2: Absolutely.
1: Oh, I love it. Thank you, boys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Cheers, lads. Legend. Thanks, man. So, Shui, we, we'll race through our NBL this week, obviously, because we talked to Alex for way longer than we planned. I'll tell you what, this was almost the round the NBL needed, wasn't it? Because things were getting a little bit predictable. We we're kind of worrying about those teams on the outside looking in. They don't have a hell of a lot to play for. There's obviously no draft in the NBL, so they don't even have that hope to look forward to. But we got the round we needed. Yeah, upsets galore. Yeah, left, it was right, and centre. Absolutely
0: crazy. I mean, Perth, you would say shit the bed twice, really, losing to Tasmania, a game you were at.
1: Yes, I was. Yeah, so great to get to a game, my first game this season, and had a lot of fun. A friend from work had a spare ticket, so we don't name names. We protect the innocent, but thank you very much. I know he listens.
0: Thank you, Mr. Black.
1: It was, geez, it was tough. It it was, it was, and look, I I thought it was one of those Perth games where we would just sit in third gear all nearly the whole game and then just shift into fourth and run over the top of them. I was very confident we'd run over the top of them. I think the Vic Law ankle injury probably hurt a little bit. He was off the court for a little while, but those offensive rebounds, the Wildcats just kept giving up like, oh,
0: just hemorrhaging. That's one of the two key stats, 18 to eight in the offensive rebound. Yeah.
1: And I and we have been harping on it all season, but it's because there's no big. Yeah.
0: And then the, the other really key one though is four turnovers for the entire game for Tasmania. Four. Yeah.
1: One a quarter on average. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about that at halftime when we yeah. saw the stats. Yeah. So that
0: compared to Perth's 10. I mean, this is a thing that I keep saying, you have to be prepared to match Tasmania's energy. And it's just, look, it's something that the Wildcats haven't been great at all season, but this is a small side It's one that's meant to be one of the least talented in the entire league. And they just, they dominate those two stat lines that keeps them in the game. And what do you know? They step up, Adams hits a big three right in Cotton's face at the worst possible time if you're a Wildcats supporter or the best time if you're a Jack jumper.
1: And Tassie have the best disciplined team in the competition. So it's no surprise. You, You can't fall asleep at the wheel against Tassie at all. Now you have to wonder if, we'll talk about the Sydney loss as well, which was an absolute walloping. The most points Wildcats have ever conceded in Perth Arena in the first quarter, 35. So the first quarters are still a major issue too. You have to wonder if some of it was that hangover from the will he, won't he John Brown, and we now know he won't. We've actually, we're delighted to speak to the hottest name in NBL media at the moment, Jackson McDonald, next week. So we'll talk about that infamous press conference with him next week. But that Sydney game, Shuey, my God, hard viewing.
0: Yeah, so I think for this one, there are a couple of different stat lines that that proved to be really, uh, really key to this one. First one's actually the foul count, oddly enough. So Sydney 20, Perth 13. Now you might look at that and go, well... How's that a problem? Sydney committed more fouls. But that, to me, says that Perth aren't putting enough energy in, same as the previous game. If you look at the the other stat, which is the three-pointers, so 15 of 30 for Sydney. I mean, they were shooting no out, lights out shooting yeah. out of their ass. Yeah, but yeah. Jalen Adams was on fire early. He goes four of five. Jarrell Martin, Dayan Basilievich, and Ian Clark all go three of six. And I would wager that roughly half of those were wide open. And once you're up by 20, they're a lot easier to shoot than the the house money stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's also easier shooting the contested ones. So you allow teams wide open looks and look, they were getting beaten on backdoor cuts. They were getting beaten off the dribble. There were so many times that these, these defenders were out of position and all of a sudden it's swing, 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 wide open three. Yep, and it's it's simple. It's just it's such a simple game that Sydney play. They, and they're
1: red hot. Yeah,
0: but they don't they don't overcomplicate anything. They're unbeatable right now, quite frankly. I mean, they get was it
1: nine in a row? Nine in a row now. Yeah.
0: they were three and six to start the season. They've gone eleven and one since.
1: Well, they did have a lot of injuries, but yeah, yeah, and obviously they've, Ian Clark was a decent addition. Pretty, but Jalen team Adams team. is he's now
0: he's MVP. MVP, he's MVP. and I, I
1: don't think JLA can win it. No. And and I, I was skeptical that he'd stay at the top of the pack for the whole season.
0: Yeah. But it's, it's the other guys as well. You know, they're getting performance. They've got a, a really good weekend out of uh, uh, Makua Maker. They yes.
1: A, yeah, increasing his draft stock, yeah. potentially.
0: Wani Swakala-Bullock doesn't put up massive, massive numbers on the points. But defensively, he is probably one of the most underappreciated guys out there.
1: Absolutely. So And no Norton for the Wildcats, it, which is a massive loss, too.
0: It, it does hurt. And look, at the end of the day, Norton doesn't guarantee that we will beat them. I mean, we played him twice with Norton this season and lost both of those. So it's, uh, yeah... It, I don't know, there's big problems here. Melbourne United next, I think that's a loss. And really, I think a lot of this season will come down to New Zealand, Adelaide and Cairns, the next three. Win all three of those, third, fourth spot is pretty much Oh, How much
1: happens in a week, hey? I, I thought the Wildcats were a lock, an absolute lock for the playoffs, probably a lock for top two. Now it's looking dicey. It is. But I, I do think they'll bounce back. But well, you mentioned Melbourne, they'll be red hot. They've come off a loss. Let's talk about that game with Illawarra. Basically, I think... Started really well, had great energy from the tip, but I think they kind of won it at the end of the second quarter, built that 11-point lead heading into halftime and kind of held on from there. Really, they weren't challenged from that point onwards, really, were they? So a
0: couple of things from this one. For me, with Illawarra, what I'm starting to see is they're playing we basketball instead of me basketball. So you're seeing better shot selection from the likes of Tyler Harvey, Justinian Jessett, Tim Conrad. He had a good game for them as well. Yeah,
1: he did. I still thought Rath and Mays was a bit ball stoppy at times, yeah. Seven, but... seven assists, yeah, yeah.
0: So, yeah. there's still good things coming out of there, yeah, yeah. Antonio's Cleveland defensive beast, four scores, oh, and huge two fan. blocks. Huge fan. It, it is just nice to see them playing proper Gorgian defense, and, and he wasn't some... even on the bench, yeah, well, this is which it. makes it even more impressive.
1: Yeah. Super impressive, it does. And, um, amazingly, that's the fourth time this season that an assistant has had to step up, only the first one to win, though. There you go, yeah, there you go. But
0: yeah, as I say, them playing that wee basketball and and really sharing the ball around is very, very important. On the flip side, for me, the the big thing with this one is that you're still seeing that funk from Golding. He's struggling. Deli's struggling to shoot the ball as well. They're 8 of 25 combined. They didn't get the usual sort of top up, I guess, from Shea Illy. I think he was 1 of 7.
1: I think it's funny you mentioned the wee thing because I thought JLA was a bit ball hoggy that game. Yeah. A lot of, like, one-legged fades. And, look, I know he always does this, but one-legged fades and spinning, like, not even taking shots where you haven't even seen the target. You've got Oh, a, I hate to you've see got
0: it. got a 12-foot wingspan. Just dunk it over. Oh, everyone.
1: yeah, yeah. Seriously. Yeah, or pass the ball. Or, share it a bit. I mean, you've got a bloody good team around calm
0: you. Calm down. Let's Let's not, get, it is a, like, let's yeah. not get crazy here. Yeah. But the other big thing, I, th- I think, for uh, for Melbourne, nineteen turnovers and they gave up twenty points off those.
1: Well, and it's amazing because I think they were at eighteen turnovers at three quarter time. So they actually protected the ball quite well, or they were very close to that at three quarter time. I remember distinctly remember that. So but, they actually they looked after the ball better in the fourth, but it, it was too the late. Game's over. Yeah, it was too late. That's
0: yeah. it. Far too late. So yeah. look, I, I still think this is probably just a blip on the radar for. New oh New yeah, New teams, teams have
1: bad game. games. Yeah,
0: but. They've good. got Yoda
1: Barber coming in too. They, they do, so they, they do. just get more stacked.
0: Yeah, as I say, it's good to see Illawarra actually playing good defense and playing good basketball. Well, this
1: it's... is why we picked. Well, I, I can't remember if you no, did. We both. This, yeah, yeah, yeah it's why we picked them for the championship. Yep.
0: Yep. Absolutely. And then the other really, really big upset for the round that has massive implications on the finals. Southeast Melbourne ninety-two defeated by Adelaide one hundred.
1: Well, and I think the Wildcats were like, "Phew, thanks for that, Southie, yeah. for letting us off the hook a bit." Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Adelaide on their day, and this is true of any team in the NBL. On their day, they can beat anyone. They just don't don't happen have, to be have, that day, they just don't happen very many, often. They don't have many days. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Same with Brizzy. We'll talk about them in a sec too. So,
0: so I saw a really great slide on overtime about this. The Phoenix have lost five of six. All of their losses, single
1: digits. Well, they choked that Melbourne one. Absolutely, they did. Yep.
0: And they've given up 90 or more in four of their last five games. So defensively, they're not playing great basketball. Yeah. They're giving up leads and then having to chase. And chasing down leads in this league is not easy. Well, you have less time. Absolutely. Yep. And so in this one, they let Sunday Dutch and like 56-year-old Daniel Johnson and Hiram Harris beat them in a must-win game. Oh,
1: Daniel Johnson's still got a bit to offer. That's a bit rough, but he is old. But yeah, yeah.
0: Well, then we can say it because we're older than Yeah. <laughs> and then they also lose the rebound count 47-35 to 35 in a must-win game. Like, it's over. Southeast Melbourne are not making the playoffs. Yeah, wow. And I'm even willing to double down. And if we look at – this is the crazy thing. Yeah. If you look at Illawarra's schedule, Brisbane – Melbourne, Brisbane, Sydney, Perth, Sydney. Yeah. And I'm still picking them over South East Melbourne. Yeah, South
1: East Melbourne have a much easier run home. They they do do have Melbourne, who are their daddy. But yeah, yeah. Look, interesting. I've I've,
0: I've still got the Hawks. I still have them. Yeah. I I, I believe.
1: South East Melbourne have games against Tassie and Perth. They'll be huge. They they will be
0: absolutely massive. Yep. We've completely buried the lead on this. That game winner, the the crazy finish to the Brisbane New Zealand game. It was one of those games you looked at and went, I don't want to watch that. And then all of a sudden, it's like, holy shit, what what has just happened? Well, I was
1: at the Wildcats Jack Jumpers game, and we were kind of watching over the shoulder of the bloke in front of us, and saw the game. Oh, I
0: watching on KO, he was watching
1: he? it on Ko with his with his partner, and and so when I got home, I watched the fourth quarter and overtime. Brisbane, they just showed that if you stay in the game and you play solid ball till the final whistle. No LM ending, You can win.
0: I was wondering when you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, it to have to be done. Second straight absolute beauty involving New Zealand in front of no fans. You reckon God hates Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, those probably have to be two of the most heartbreaking losses back to back.
1: They did choke, though. I mean, that pass. That was a terrible oh, it pass. Was. It was. Yeah.
0: But, I mean, let's kind of recap this for people that haven't seen it. New Zealand up seven with 20 seconds left. Drimmick comes down, fires up a three, misses that. Ball gets batted back out, and Frank's hits a three.
1: Yep, so four think, point game. So which, okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yep.
0: One free throw missed by Peyton Siever Another three to Tanner Krebs. It's a two point game, and you're thinking, all right, they're still in control. They've still got the ball, and yeah, one of the most inexcusable mistakes ever from William McDowell
1: White. And as I said at the time, Hill to Leitner, that is not. By the way, the 30th anniversary of that happened yesterday, funnily enough. Uh, he could have just about passed it anywhere else, and they'd probably win the game. They'd probably go to the line again, at least hit one or two. Yeah. Yeah, not good.
0: I don't care what anyone says. Thomas Abercrombie was wide open at the three-point line. And he had a great game. He couldn't miss. But if he gets... The he ball, was knocking threes, yeah. If he gets the ball, he dribbles out that five seconds. No one catches him. So, yeah. I feel for New Zealand, as if it hasn't been hard enough being away from home Yeah, I long. know.
1: We do feel sorry Copying for... Copping that, that sort of, of shit. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And now they're starting to say, even though Shamir shouldn't be on the hot seat, given what they've had to go through. I heard on round table today, they're now saying Shamir probably on the hot seat because of the defense. So
0: tough. Now we will talk about the NCAA next week. The final fours have been set. So we'll just quickly run through those. Duke and North Carolina and Kansas Villanova in the men's. Any thoughts?
1: Yeah. So I've seen a couple of Duke games. I've seen, the U- I've seen one UNC game. I haven't seen a lot of Kansas and Villanova. It kind of feels a bit team of destiny stuff with the Blue Devils with Shostevski retiring. I'm gonna say Villanova have a major injury too, so they did get yeah. through. I'm I'm gonna say Duke and Kansas. That's, that's yeah, why I've gone yeah, as well. yeah. Kansas the the number one seed in their bracket as well. So
0: a couple of cool stats though. Hubert Davis just the ninth coach to make the Final Four in his first season, first since Michigan's Steve Fisher in 1989.
1: And amazingly, it's the first time Duke and North Carolina have faced off in the NCAA tournament ever. And they're head-to-head in Krzyzewski's reign, which is a good 20-odd years, is 50-49. to 49 with, And you said the point differential a, the was point even... point
0: differential was like 20.
1: So what an incredible, incredible rivalry. So fingers crossed for that one that it could be quite a good game, yeah. But I tell you what, that Duke team looks very good. Because that Arkansas team they beat, it was a very, very good game. That was a very good defensive Arkansas team. So Duke, Duke are looking the goods.
0: On the women's side, Louisville and South Carolina... In one side, Stanford, Connecticut on the other. So, Connecticut, the only two seed in there. There's three one seeds. So, that goes to show you how powerful those top teams are in the women's. And
1: this is why I said last week that the women's NCAA tournament is way more predictable than the blokes. It's
0: like the opposite of the tennis.
1: Oh, yeah, it is actually. Yeah, because yeah. I saw on Center last night, no team lower than third seed has ever won. In the women's.
0: There you go. So
1: not even a fourth seed. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: There was only one seed lower than a three in the Elite Eight, which was Creighton, the ten seed.
1: Exactly. And obviously, UConn have had a massive run over the years. Tennessee as well with Pat Summit. So there's been some pretty dominant teams that have basically taken the candy most years.
0: Well, to further that point, this is the 14th straight Final Four appearance for UConn which is just ridiculous.
1: And I bet there was probably one year in between another massive streak as well, if you look at the last 30, for example. So
0: I was very fortunate to get to see Connecticut's last game. Paige Beckers, absolute monster in that game. Her mid-range is off the charts. Okay, I've I've seen a
1: bit of the women's game. I haven't seen any UConn.
0: I've heard a lot of people say that Paige Beckers will be the next Diana Taurasi.
1: Yeah, right. Okay, well.
0: And people were calling it way before that. Gina Oriyama was actually saying that from the time that she was like 13 14. Well,
1: he'd know, he coached Tarousey too, so Mm. yeah.
0: So yeah, we got some big ones there. I am going to go with zero confidence. I think South Carolina gets through on that side. And I'm going to go, I say in inverted commas, I'm going to go on upset. I'm going to go South Carolina and Connecticut.
1: I'm going to say that too. Yeah. With very little knowledge or understanding, just picking names. Good. Yeah. (laughs) I've seen a little bit of it, but I've seen a fair bit of the, I'm happy with the amounts I've seen. Uh, but I haven't watched NBA for two weeks. But I'll get back to the NBA come playoff time. Yeah. It's all about the tournament at the moment. That's it. Yeah.
0: That'll be finished just in time.
1: Indeed. Oh, all right, Stu. you know what that music means. What are you out for?
0: Well, I'm actually quite out an for a few things this week. Keeping an eye on the cricket at the moment, Pakistan are flying one for 116. More roads. But uh, really out for the AFL. The Western Derby, the Adelaide Showdown, Dogs and Swans, even
1: Buddy Carlton and Hawthorne looks like a ripper. Well, they are both 2-0. That's very true. How about yourself, mate? AFLW Preliminary Finals will be good. The Women's World Cup as well, of course. Really looking forward to the NCAA Tournament. I It's one of my favourite events all year, as I always say. And then, of course, Jackson McDonald next week. So tune in. Until then, I'm Nathan. And I'm Stu. We have a sportplex.